0: What movie did we recently watch Amy we just watched midsummer and by just I mean a week ago yeah
1: we've been we've been busy so
0: we're gonna play the game of do we remember what happened in midsummer no vaguely vaguely, vaguely. um so I feel like first I want to warn anybody who watches this film that there is graphic suicide
1: imagery like in the first two minutes <laughs>
0: um and then later on, too. Yes. So,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, be warned, if that's not your thing, don't watch yeah. this movie.
1: And obviously, this podcast discussing this movie will contain that as well. So, if if that is something that you can't deal with right now, we get it. Move on. Yes. Pick a different podcast. Or a different, yeah, different movie. <coughs> that, too. Different movie different. and a different podcast.
0: Different movie. So, these are our first impressions after a week. Yeah.
1: Full of still Mostly our first impressions. Unrehearsed,
0: unresearched, <laughs> unedited.
1: Because we haven't talked about the movie much. We have we have this rule, we don't talk about the movie till we record the podcast, which is usually like ten minutes later. But now it's been a week. Yeah. It was a long week. <laughs> so what did you think?
0: I, oops, a yeah, little um, Liked it. I it wasn't really a horror. It wasn't a jump scare. So, I had to readjust kind of my expectations of what, it was more in like the psychological um.
1: Yeah, I, I wrote down actually one of my notes like, what if nobody told me this was a horror movie? Yeah. Like, I know it gets categorized as one, and I understand why it gets categorized as one, but if I hadn't been told it was a horror movie, I think it would have played very differently.
0: Yeah, it feels more like like kind of like a silence of the lambs. Yes. Which is, I don't know if that gets labeled as horror, but I don't think of it.
1: I think it does get labeled as horror in the same sort of mm-hmm. way. Um, <clears throat> in the same sort of way, which is to say it's not a very accurate use of the genre label.
0: I don't know what genre you'd really put it in to, because genres are very like limited. Yes. In, in what we can use to describe.
1: Yeah and horror comes close to this as opposed to something like science fiction or fantasy like or even drama or even drama this is this is it's somewhere between drama and horror but neither really
0: psychological fits.
1: Yeah.
0: not even thriller just kind of like psychological
1: yeah it's a movie about grieving <laughs>
0: yeah but not it is a movie about grieving and loneliness and depression and a mm-hmm. search for community, but not in the like metaphor ways. No. Of a lot of the good <clears throat> horror films that I always enjoy, where the horror is really about something else. Yes. And we've
1: talked about that in some of the other horror movies we've watched. But this is no, this is a very literally a movie about grieving. Yeah. And loneliness and relationships that are bad. Um yeah.
0: Being codependent. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. So that's
1: Yeah, it's a movie. <laughs> Alright, podcast over.
0: Yeah. I think I liked it. I enjoyed yeah. the filmmaking. It was getting into kind of an indie space that yeah. I don't always love. I think
1: it was I think it was trying to do what I like to call daylight horror, where um I think Bong Jun ho's uh the host does a really good job of it, which is that it doesn't hide the spooky things from you. It just shows them to you, and then they are spooky regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I don't think horror is the right term to use. It is it it's limiting for what the movie is trying to do.
0: Yeah, I think I was trying to put <clears throat> Another <laughs> possible metaphor on the film was the violence of whiteness because these are like mm-hmm. such oh, it's Scandinavian, yeah, it's such a white community that they go into. And several of the guests that are pulled in are you know, to South Asian, mm-hmm. um, from England, and Chidi is black, William Jackson Harper, yes.
1: <laughs> but also I read him as Chidi the whole movie, which I is know, on me, I know it's on me, but I was like, oh. It's- definitely just cheating
0: except this is like the opposite character yes. of cheating.
1: yeah it was the bad place cheating
0: <laughs> yeah um so i was just wondering like I, that was that was a metaphor i was playing around with but i don't think it quite fits
1: yeah i don't think the film supports it very strongly like i think you could do a reading of it that way um i think that gives the movie too much credit almost yeah i think i think it
0: is a lot more <laughs> straightforward
1: Oh. Yeah, and it is a weirdly straightforward movie. For a movie that is so full of what looks like symbolism, it is very literal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, there is... I don't want to say no subtext, because there is subtext. But everything that it is telling you is happening is not a metaphor. It is actually happening. Um, Like, I mean, the, the sort of go-to example that almost played comedically was when um, the member of this cult who brought them all, who got to go look at cast list, um, Pele, played by Wilhelm Blomgren, um, who brought his friends to this cult for this big ceremony, is telling the story of like the four stages of life. You know, you're a child for 18 years and then you're this, you know, spring,
0: spring and summer
1: and and then fall and then winter, because that's the order of the
0: you're 72 and then you're 72 and she
1: goes what it's 72 because I wrote it down she Says, what happens at 72 and he makes a slashing motion across his throat and it's played as a joke
0: but because I know I'm
1: watching a horror movie I know oh they get killed at 72 yeah. like that was again a sort of moment of like if I didn't know this it was a horror movie that moment would play a lot better Um, I was like oh yeah they definitely kill people at 72 that's not in question
0: I was sad Because 36 uh, in summer, I I was sad to know I was soon going to go into the fall stage of my life. I mean,
1: I don't know that you should trust these folks (laughs) in terms of what they do. My immediate question was, well, what if somebody dies early? (laughs) What if there's an accident and somebody dies at 28?
0: Well, then they die in the summer of their lives. Um, So roughly the plot... The protagonist is Danny, played by Francis Pugh. Mm-hmm.
1: Who does a lot with a little.
0: Yeah. Um, she cries a lot. Yeah. This is mostly a crying role. Yes. Which is not a judgment. Just It's not it's a judgment a, on her.
1: It's just that the part is written that way.
0: And um, she's dealing with being in a bad relationship with mm-hmm. someone who does not love her. Yes. Um, and she's probably codependent yes. on him. Yes. Um, Her sister, in the beginning of the movie, dies by suicide and kills her parents as well. Which Um, is is
1: implied to be all of her family. It's not 100% clear, but it's sort of set up that she doesn't have anybody else.
0: So, um, the boyfriend, whose name is what, Will? Is he Will? Uh, Christian. Christian. Um, Decides he basically can't break up with her. Yeah. And then that's that's kind of implied. It's not seen. Yeah. Um because she's going through this horrific tragedy. Absolutely. Um, but none of her his friends like her. They all make fun of her. Mm-hmm. They're all grad students. Yes. Um, and I I know what departments they're in too. <laughs> Anthropology. I've, I've met these sort of grad students um before. Um she's also a grad student in psychology. I yes. think she's working. Um. Yeah, she was either her master's or her PhD. Mm-hmm. And their exchange student friend Pele takes them to Sweden to his
1: community. His
0: community, which were presented as kind of a commune. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're gonna have a midsummer festival.
1: festival. It only happens once every ninety years or something.
0: Yeah. Um. And all the all the warning signs. <laughs> be yeah. bad happening kind yeah, of, kind of there um of course you know no one sees it to it till so it's, it's too late till it's too late um yeah uh it's so, so they go there they do a
1: bunch of drugs
0: <laughs> yeah
1: given to them by the commune members
0: and they go to the first kind of event. Yes. Which is where two of the members who have reached the end of winter.
1: Yes. Jump, jump off of a cliff. cliff and and it is graphic. Uh,
0: <laughs> very graphic. Yeah. Very, very graphic. Um, and, it, you know, so Danny, of course, has a meltdown, breakdown, yes. because her family is traumatic. has just died. It's bringing up a lot. And I was so like. I was like, she needs to be so angry with Pele and Cheedy, whose name is not Chey Josh. Josh. (laughs) Because they knew it was (laughs) coming. They knew it was coming. They they didn't do anything
1: about it. And they didn't tell Um, her or prepare her.
0: And then later she just kind of like apologizes for melting down to them. um, when she should be angry. Furious. And so I think the main journey that she's taking is being with trying to find some sort of belonging community. Mm Which makes her right for being a future cult member. Yes.
1: Which um, I think is why Pele brings her along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, my my read on him as a character is not one that is sympathetic. It is, he uses the mask of sympathy to get what he wants.
0: Um, yeah, he's kind of the only one who gets excited when she says she's going to come. Because yeah. they were going to come on this trip to Sweden. They were going to leave without her, yes. basically. And, <laughs> and then- not tell her until it happens. yeah um they're real bad people they're yeah really real bad people they're real bad people um but i thought the most interesting part of the film um was she's looking for belonging looking for community looking for love mm-hmm. um these guys are not it no it's um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very bad. Yeah, there's sort
1: of the sketch of like a, a love triangle between her and Pele and Christian, but oh,
0: I didn't even.
1: Well, just just in the way that he was more sympathetic to her and like knew it was her birthday and like told Christian, so he got a cake, and so like that sort of like
0: I saw that as part of the cult recruitment process. Like, fair. look, people in the cult, we we care about we you. care about you, yes. and
1: we're gonna. I think I think that's what it was what his motivation so to speak was but i think it looked like or could play like a a mock love triangle it, again if this wasn't a horror movie
0: it's i i think that's yeah. a weak not, okay. not weak analysis <laughs> but weak connection okay um, but fair fair <laughs> there's not like you said there's not a lot of subtext it's pretty no literal. there's not a
1: lot of subtext
0: but what i thought was most interesting was about this cult Mm-hmm. was that they repeat strong emotions of one of their members? Yes. And they they do it vocally, they do it with their bodies, mm-hmm. it happens several times. Mm-hmm. And when she really kind of comes be- becomes a part of the cult is when she starts participating in that feeling of emotions. Yes. Um and actually she's
1: she she's starts, feeling it. She yeah.
0: she starts as um, her pain overseeing her boyfriend in this like ritualistic sex act with yeah um with one of the members uh and she's just crying and so all the women come over and just like cry in a huddle with her mm-hmm. uh, in a very like stylized movement yes sort of way with the Meisner and I was like they're literally empathizing with yeah. her
1: yeah. Well, and there's... that is
0: what she has been looking for mm-hmm. with someone to empathize with And that is
1: that is a cult recruitment technique. It's called like love bombing or hug bombing. Um, for a weird, different version of it, uh, go see all the supportive tweets of J.K. Rowling from all the turfs right now who are mm-hmm. like, you are totally right. We love you. We stand behind you. You're the only one who's willing to speak truth to power. And she is soaking all of that in. And it is only entrenching her. But it is a, a very common, the red pill does it, the alt-right does it. They're like you. All the suffering that you have felt, we feel too. And you are correct, and you will be safe here with us. Um,
0: well, ma- that makes it less interesting in this film. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think so I think this film
1: literalizes it in yeah. a way that is uncommon. um Which again, I, this this film takes everything very literally, and so I think it's interesting to see that.
0: I think it was like the physicality. Yeah, too the physicality
1: is, was fascinating. Um,
0: like taking these big movements, gasping breaths uh-huh.
1: and and screaming and moaning together. I'm not quite unison but but synchronized. Yeah, I agree that was things really fascinating. I think it's really annoying that that is the image that's plastered on a lot of the preview images of this film. Like I have seen that picture of her like screaming surrounded by all the other women. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I don't know if it's a spoiler per se, but because I knew it was coming, like I think it's, it's, the, it's marketing trying to show this as horror by saying like, look at this horrific thing she's feeling and all these women are grabbing her and maybe that's scary, I don't know. And it's not really scary in the moment, but they try and use it as like, so I saw that image a bunch before I ever watched the movie, which didn't rob it of its power so much, but I knew it was coming. And so I was kind of, not even intentionally until it happened, I was, I was kind of waiting for it in the back of my head, going like, okay, when do we get to that part?
0: Well, I felt like I knew it was going from the previews. Yes. And I thought it would go further. So again, I had to re-kind of mm-hmm. calibrate, this is what the film is doing. Yes. Um,
1: yeah, I don't think, yeah, the film did not surprise me at all, which is very interesting, because mm-hmm. I think you, I expect horror movies to try to surprise me. Yeah. And this one didn't try at all. It was exactly what it said it was going to be from square one. Yeah. And, you know, it did that in interesting ways, like visually interesting, but from a storytelling perspective, didn't particularly impress me. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I think that's about where.
1: Where you're coming down on it. Where I landed. Yeah. On things. Um. Yeah. Apparently, I was reading on the internet that there's, like, division over whether or not she made a, a, the right choice at the end or was a good person at the end.
0: That's doesn't which matter. Is, I know. It's beside the I point.
1: I know. It's so weird that that's what people focus on.
0: Well, you, people need explain this ending to me. <laughs> there can be no ambiguity. I know.
1: I know. Um, like, did she just go mad? Is she crazy? Or did she join the cult? Or is she, she bad all the time? And, and none of those... Questions are interesting or matter to the story that's being told. Um, so I think it's interesting that that's a thing that people like drilled in on. But that's true of any time there's an ending like that has the, an ounce of ambiguity.
0: I and mean, there's um, I think I'm still thinking about horror. Instead of horror, it's it's a film that makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's always a sense of foreboding. Mm-hmm. Like the signs are there. Don't go into this cultish thing. Yeah,
1: don't go to this house. Um, Get out.
0: Yeah, and so those are... It, it's uncomfortable to watch, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, the suicides yes. are quite disturbing. Yes. Uh, and I'm, That's intentional. Yes. Um, so the rituals mm-hmm. of killing, uh, those are yeah. uncomfortable. But you don't see the killing. You only see the bodies yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Sometimes in pieces. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: well, I mean, we do see the guy strung up in the chicken coop.
0: Yeah, but we don't see we don't the see them death. doing that. We, we see yes, see, we see the re-
1: result. We see the yes. results. That's a good point. Um,
0: then they're carrying like dead bodies into the temple to burn, mm-hmm. and they just look unnatural, mm-hmm. um, uncomfortable. Yeah, again, no, that's a to good see, word to see that. So it's not about the stalking of the victims, and then. Mm-hmm. That kind of suspense or um, the horror of seeing them, yeah, killed so think, until the very end. Yeah.
1: Oh, I, I was thinking because I feel like this gets thrown around a lot in in conversation with The Witch, which I know you and I both loved. Um, yeah, I
0: definitely thought of The Witch while while watching yeah. this, and I think there are some similarities. I think there like, are some
1: similarities. I think The Witch accomplishes what it's trying to do more effectively.
0: Well, and and there's such underlying metaphor
1: yes. happening. Yes. The witch which. is a very complex film. This is a very simple film. And neither of those is bad, but it is, is where different. they are at. Um and like I I walked walked out of I turned the TV off after this movie feeling like there wasn't anything for me to chew on.
0: Maybe that's why it took us a week Maybe, to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I got to say, so uh, I feel like I just have to address this to Josh and Christian are grad students and they're fighting over who can do the anthropology anthropology, um, thesis dissertation on Mm -hmm. this commune. And they both end up doing it and start asking yeah. the people, and I'm just rolling my eyes, going, "This is not IRB approved, yeah, whatsoever." I was, I was
1: thinking like, "This are really terrible anthropologists," like, yeah, yeah, they it are. Was, it was more like, weirdly, that took me out of the movie more than the the bad like the the murders and stuff.
0: Like, you don't go into doing your field work as an anthropologist like half ready yeah you have all like, your i'm gonna go talk to these
1: people i guess you're
0: gonna like figure out how to embed inside yeah. or outside of the community
1: yeah it was a very like first grade level anthropology an understanding of anthropology and then
0: they're asking like can we use your names and like that's all stuff that would have been figured out in an irb way in advance, way in advance if you can use place names yeah. where it's located
1: and while it's not super relevant to the story other than to give the, these guys, like, a smidge of motivation for being here, it was it was an exposition machine more than anything else. Like, oh, good, now we can have a reason for these guys to ask questions about inbreeding. And then, you know, we can spook our audience with spooky answers.
0: And cryptic... Yeah. Script, language, yeah. writing. And uh, so
1: that was not... Good.
0: Well, it, it establishes <laughs> them as bad people. Too. It does. It's Christian swooping in, mm-hmm. stealing Josh's idea. Um,
1: yeah, I think. Yeah, again, trying to like justify what happens to Josh to a certain extent at the end, like oh, he's a bad person. I don't think it needs that justification. Well, we
0: hardly learn about the other two, um, Simon and yes, Connie. Yeah, which we are the other two visitors who
1: die very early and off screen.
0: Yeah. We don't know.
1: Yeah, their, their, their disappearance is played for mysteriousness. Yeah. Like, oh, where'd they go?
0: But they're not established as good or bad no. people.
1: No, no. Uh, it is unfortunate that they really, other than, like, um, Cheedy, Josh, William Jackson Harper, um, all of the, like, people of color die first. Like that's
0: well, that's why I was like, maybe we can read this as violence of whiteness, sort of.
1: Yeah, but there are better horror movies that do that.
0: Yeah, no, no. (laughs) I'm real
1: excited to see Candyman.
0: I haven't seen that preview.
1: Uh, Oh, I should show it to you. Wait,
0: is this is this uh, Jordan Peele? Produced, not directed. Okay, but yes. Okay, Um. but yeah, (laughs) that's. Well, so I guess I thought, well, no, that reminds me, okay. yeah. I thought, I saw it coming that they were going to be the first ones to die. And I thought they were, the writers were going to do it strategically. Mm. And I think that's where I was trying to, like, um, they were going to make some sort of commentary. Yeah. And I and thought they, they were going to go yeah. to the commentary of, of whiteness mm-hmm. um, as, but. But,
1: but no. they didn't. It was just, we needed some extra people to kill off earlier in the film
0: I don't know if Josh was the third one to die or is the other Mark
1: yeah well That's so little... we, so that there's some ambiguity there um, Mark disappears first before Josh but we don't see Mark's death we see Josh get killed He's the first real death we see on screen.
0: Oh, he gets hit over the head. Yeah. Or he gets yeah.
1: hit with one of the big hammers. Like, other than the, the suicide, he is the first death on screen. Um, because he breaks into the temple and he's trying to, he's taking pictures of the book, which again, no anthropologist in their right mind would do. Yeah. Especially if he's been told, like, no, you can't. <laughs> um, and then so we see Mark. Or a guy wearing a Mark suit? Oh, not, yeah. Not like clear. a Mark face. Yeah.
0: It did look like his, he was wearing skin.
1: Yeah, he was like wearing a marked skin thing. Um, And so Josh was like, Mark, is that you? And then gets hit in the head with a hammer.
0: Which is creepy and uncomfortable. Yes. But it's not scary.
1: Yeah. Well, and again, and it's, it's implying the violence that we don't see. Um, because most of the violence enacted on bodies in this that we see is on people of color. We see William Jackson Harper get hit in the head. We see the guy in the chicken coop strung up. Mm -hmm. Um, We see uh, Mark was flayed, maybe, but we don't. We see the result of that, not the action of it.
0: Yeah, and then like I think that some of Josh's limbs were planted in the garden. Yes, yeah, like his legs. Yeah, you see like an arm arm
1: sticking out or a leg sticking out, which again is is physical violence on the body that is not present in the same way that for example Christian's murder is ritualistic and stylistic you know he's sewn and he's drugged up and then sewn into a bear and then set on fire and like none of that is like it's still murder and it's still abuse but it's not a an altercation on the body in the same way and i think you know the the horror trope of oh the black guy dies first came from a very a place of ignorance and then got commented on eventually, and then some horror movies got better about that and and played with that to a certain extent, or at least just didn't kill off the black guy first. Um, and then this didn't do any of that. It didn't feel like it was in conversation with any horror movies in the past.
0: Like um, I said, I was waiting for them to make some strategic, intentional statement. Yeah.
1: about. Yeah, um, and, it, and it didn't. Yeah, I, it reminded murdering. me of, um, in a lot of ways, and I haven't seen the original um, Wicker Man. I have seen the, the, the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man, um, so I don't know how similar it is to the original. But this reminded me a lot of that one, and not in a great way in that, like, hey, we know something's really bad going on, and we know that's going to lead to an unfortunate end. There's a minor subversion in that the main character isn't killed, but is in fact embraced by the cult at the end. But the structure was very similar, and it aligned with my expectations.
0: Yeah, so I guess we're kind of landing on a, Meh. <sighs> uh, I feel like film buffs have really liked this mm-hmm. film for... Filmy reasons. Mm-hmm. Like I've we we can read story and the dramaturgy <laughs> and the acting and to some extent directing mm-hmm. but not like editing, yeah, and, we don't know cinematography editing and, and
1: cinematography. It was um, pretty. I can say that much. It
0: was all this is <laughs> happening in a beautiful backdrop, which yeah. could be commentary, but it doesn't it doesn't actually become commentary.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I think I think it's kind of a yeah. Um, I do. I do want to mention um, Emily Vanderwerf wrote a really interesting essay about her read of this film, which is that uh, Danny is a trans woman, mm. um, and I think that's an interesting lens to look at this film through. Um, I don't think it makes the film better, but I think it's an interesting reading of it. Um, and the idea that like this awkwardness that she feels a- around these other or these these men is resonated with vanderwerf who is also a trans woman um and her experience of being a closeted trans woman and having to try and fit into masculine spaces Mm -hmm. all around her and like mapped that very much on mapped her experience onto danny's experience there which i think is a really interesting read um especially considering um uh, may i don't remember what her last name is She's a youtuber who's also a trans woman who read this director's previous film, Hereditary, as a trans narrative, and mm-hmm. did an interesting essay on that? And neither one of them are going, like, this is definitely what's happening in the movie, but they're like, hey, this is how transness and my transness impact my reading of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really interesting to see that come up from two different critics on two different films by the same creator. Yeah. Um, which
0: makes this one more interesting. Yes. It makes it, it, it makes
1: it, the reading makes the movie more interesting um but it definitely brings a lot that is not readily apparent in the text mm. um yeah so i thought that was an interesting reading so you can go look that up on the internet if you want to read more about it uh, any other notes oh there was one good moment in actual filmmaking that i was like oh that was a neat thing uh the transition to the plane when they're in the apartment And she's like, excuse me for a minute. And she runs to the bathroom. Oh! And we watch her from above as she walks through the doorway into the plane bathroom. Mm -hmm. It was a good moment. I I wrote that down. I was like, that was neat. Mm. Yeah, I'm just thinking about, like, the symbolism. I'm using air quotes there. Of things that seemed symbolic and then became very literal. Like the... um, painting or quilt we see at the beginning about the woman creating the love potion and wooing mm. which was very literal like oh she cuts off her pubic hair and then mm. feeds it to the guy and then and he, he falls, falls in love, love with her and then like like that's creepy it's kind of like a ooh, that's weird creepy thing and then when that starts happening it's again very literally oh that's what's happening and they don't leave any ambiguity around it they're like dude i think you just ate a pube and like yep that's that's what you said was going to happen, and now it's happening.
0: Right. Well, in, inside the barn, it's not really a barn, but it looks
1: the barn like barn like dorm
0: basically. Yeah. Is all of the walls are are painted, and mm-hmm. um, they're also tracking what's going to happen. Like there's a bear on
1: fire. Yes, there's a bear on fire.
0: <laughs> you see, the, from the first time they go in the commune, you see yeah. the bear in the cage, and someone they're Someone's going through like, a, tour. a bear. Are you going to tell us about the bear? Yes, that's a bear in a cage.
1: Yeah. Like, it's just, it's that sort of level of, like, almost comically straightforward. Like, I I would almost appreciate it more if it was more literal. (laughs) Um, But then I I then think about it from an anthropological standpoint of, like, would these people make such literal representations in their art for such a theoretically, like, mystical group? Like, we're just going to... All of our art is going to be specifically depicting the things that we do.
0: Well, if it's every ninety years, then you can always get away with like a mythology. Like this yeah. is our mythology. And no one living has ever seen it happen before. Because no true. one can
1: live to be ninety. And that's true.
0: Um and so
1: That's really interesting.
0: Like so you know how that happens. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's not in memory. Yeah. Then you can write it off to visitors or whatever to the as a, as a mythology. Yeah,
1: that's really fascinating. And now that I'm thinking about it, like the 90 years versus the 72 year life cycle, like no one who is alive for this will see the next one. Right. Which this is not in the film at all, but it's a fascinating read that I'm that is coming to me of like, what if this is a completely different ceremony every 90 years because they're just making it up? Like we we get the information that their holy texts are written by. A person. I'm trying to find a way to describe this person. A a deliberate product of inbreeding, Mm -hmm. um, who is deliberately born to be a prophet. A prophet, and intentionally like malformed and intellectually stunted. Isn't the right word, but you know all of the, the all of the negative fears people have about. Incest. This is the result of depicted in a positive way. They're, they're, Not, I mean, well, it's positive to the cult. Oh, yeah, they do it deliberately, Super. so that they can have this profit, and then so, I'm, and then whatever that prophet says is what gets written in their holy books. I'm like, that's an interesting read, like, this is a new ceremony every 90 years, and oh, it's supposed to do this every 90 years, but all we got is these pictures, and so we have to be incredibly literal about everything. we don't
0: know if they're passing down oral history, yeah. or just going off the pictures, or I don't know. up with their current prophet. Again,
1: fascinating so. read that is not in the film at all, mm-hmm. that would be would be interesting, like, I have interesting questions about that, and like, oh, that, wouldn't that be interesting to explore? But the movie doesn't no. do that. Mm-hmm. And is not interested in doing that because it's not—it's not really interested. Despite all the anthropologists in this movie, it's not really interested in the cult as people. They're never depicted as anything more than almost mindless cult members.
0: Yeah, you don't tell the difference between from yeah from really... one to
1: the other. We get the one redhead who's sort of you know wooing Christian for mm-hmm. lack of a better term, and Pele who's named. Like, the rest of them are mostly interchangeable and not given any characterization, really. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's easy to read a lot of stuff into them that isn't necessarily in the text of the film.
0: Well, yeah. You can read into a cult being uh, having no diversity. Like, Mm -hmm. everyone's a drone, kind of. and,
1: um... And I think that can be true in cults. But I also think about, like other depictions of actual cults that i've seen that are more complicated and nuanced like that than that the mm-hmm. two examples that come to mind are scientology and um the hmm. the wild wild country group mm-hmm. which have a name but i can't remember it right now um both of which like i've, I've read a book about Scientology, the the one that got turned into an HBO documentary, and then I watched Wild Wild Country.
0: Yeah, but those are real cults. I'm talking about the like, stereotypical depictions. But real
1: of- cults are more interesting. <laughs> 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 like if you're gonna make a cult, like make it interesting like a real cult. I mean don't don't join a real cult. Real cults are also bad, whereas the ones that are that are sort of depicted in these are not, but I mean they're also bad, but they're they're not nuanced.
0: No. No. Which is a shame. (laughs) Yeah. So straightforward. Yeah. Do you have anything else?
1: I don't think I have anything else. Let me double check my notes. Uh... Oh, it did do the one like horror movie thing that I really hate, which is kind of overuse music to tell you how to feel. There was lots of like, this is scary music happening right now. The one that I really remember is when Danny goes in and is making tarts with everybody and we get the close up on one woman like bringing a tart over to a table and like, it's a very normal act but we're told as an audience that this should be spooky because there's spooky music playing on. And like, we found out later like, why it was spooky but, like I feel like that's just lazy filmmaking. Mm. (laughs) That also feeds into the I Would I this a horror movie if it wasn't told to me that it was a horror movie right. by the movie almost? Like, oh, we got spooky music. Now you know to be spooked. That was just a, uh, it's a pet peeve of mine, particularly in horror movies. Because mm-hmm. um, I think the good ones don't need to do it or do it in ways that I don't notice it, which is just mm-hmm. as good. <laughs> yeah. Right, I think that's all I got. Anything else from Amy?
0: Nope. I thought the most interesting thing was the physical empathizing.
1: Yeah, I think it was as well. Um, again, it was the sex ritual as well, where everyone was sort of moaning in, in sympathy.
0: With her. With her. Yeah.
1: yeah. That, felt, that scene felt weird because it felt like it was trying to be shocking in a way that fell flat for me. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't know. I
0: think you were set up again to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, I think. I,
1: I think horror and comedy are very closely linked in a lot of ways. And a lot of this movie felt like setups for jokes without punchlines, which create that sense of like uncomfortableness or left hanging. Um, like, oh no, he's drugged up and and I mean to be fair, Christian gets raped. I think we should say that specifically. Yeah, like we're not, not we're not dancing um, around it. He is he is drugged out of his mind, he is not able to consent, probably wouldn't have consented if given the option, and is then made forced to participate in this sexual ritual where many of the women of the community stand around him naked while he is forced to have sex with another one of them. And and it's played for comedy almost like i think you're supposed to see all of these like i don't want to say unusual women but naked women that They're are not n- often normal, depicted it. normal, normal looking people <laughs> which is fine and i don't find particularly shocking or humorous i i don't know i felt like it was supposed to be played for laughs to a certain extent and i i i'm just now kind of wrestling with that i don't know like, when one of them comes up and, like, cradles his hand, or another one's pushing on his butt to help him thrust. Like, those seem like they should be funny.
0: I didn't read it that way. Okay.
1: I didn't I didn't find it funny, no, so I don't know. No, yeah, yeah. I
0: I didn't think... Okay. I don't know. It's not what I would expect of a cult sex ritual. I guess that's
1: fair. I mean, I'm not going to watch it again and, and try and figure it out, because I don't really feel like I need to... <laughs> There's different movies I watch, and I'm like, I want to watch that again, like right now. Like Hamilton. I, I still want to watch Hamilton again. <laughs> this is not one that I'm, I'm going to revisit anytime soon. All right. Well, I that's think all that's all God. I got. Cool. Well, I'll say goodnight, Amy.
0: Good night. One week later.